Hello and welcome to the Clubhouse, Golf Monthly's weekly look at the various different events around the world in golf. This week we are still in Portrush and we were talking about Shane Lowry's fantastic victory at the 148th Open Championship. Hello and welcome to the Clubhouse. My name's Tom Clark and I am joined by two members of the Golf Monthly staff who have survived what's been a wet and windy and really fantastic Open Championship Port Rush. That's Elliot Heath. Hello, Elliot. Hello, Tom. And Neil... Thanks for having me this week. Okay, okay. And Neil Tappin. Hello there, Tom. Nice to be back on the podcast. When was the last time you were on the podcast? Uh, Orlando. I think. Wow, so that uh, six months ago. Mm. Didn't get invited for another six months. Mm. Wonder why that was. Uh, <laughs> but we are, we're sitting in the dining room in the house that we've been staying in, in Port Rush. It's still raining outside, but that is not going to dampen the spirits. I think we can hear the chants emerging from exactly. the harbour bar exactly. as we speak. There's only one who? There's only one who? Who is it? They were, they were, they were chanting at 2am this morning when I was trying to go to sleep. <laughs> and they'll still be chanting at 2am tomorrow morning and probably next week as well. Because Shane Lowry has won the 100 48th Open Championship, as I'm sure you're well aware, uh, in front of a, a raucous home crowd. And um, I think the first thing we need to talk about is how well did Shane play? How much does he deserve? And I'm going to ask you first, Neil, because I know you've interviewed him on a, a couple of occasions. Been to his family home. Indeed. And so come on, give What's us some... What's that e- like, sorry? I went, bit, went to his uh, mum dad's house in Offaly. Uh, about a month or so after he won the Irish Open in 2009. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's incredibly, uh, it sounds very insincere of me to say it, but he is very much the same person. It seems to me he is very much the same person that I spoke to back in 2009. He, you know, Shane Lowry is who he is. It, there's no sort of airs and graces about him. He's, if you ask him a question, he'll give you an answer. And it's that kind of every man attitude that means that he is the kind of hero, really. He's the sort of person that everyone can relate to, everyone can get behind. And Tom, your question was, how well did he play? Well, he blew the field away, didn't he, on, th- on, on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, he showed that he, he's always been one of the most naturally gifted golfers on the European tour, especially with a wedge in his hand, but all areas of his game, really. Incredibly naturally gifted. Um, when everything comes together, he's right up there with the best players in the world. It's easy to say that now because he's just won a, won a major. But I think for those in the know about this game, Lowry has been one of the best in the world for a very long time. And he showed all of his ability on Saturday. Fantastic. And then he showed all of his grit and determination on Sunday. So in terms of an, a rounded major performance, this is probably about as good as it gets. It's, it's got to be right up there, hasn't it? And I think the way that... Well, I don't know. I'm going to ask you about this earlier, but there's probably a few golfers out there who like to make themselves look like they are a fan's favourite or want to try and be a fan's favourite and be the everyman when actually they're just putting on a putting on an act at times. So you haven't met Shane Lowry, have you, Elliot? No, not and how do you, so how so Neil obviously has met him and knows that. But how do you feel that? How does he kind of um, beam himself over to you, the normal golf fan, if I can call you that? Just in what he says with the press, you can you can get a gauge of what someone's like, can't you? In the press, to an extent, and having followed him for years now, you see that he's just a regular Irish chap. Loves a beer, loves his Gaelic football, his hurling. Uh, got a very close-knit family now with his two-year-old daughter and wife. He, he's just a very lovable guy with an amazing golf game. And and, it, and let's look at that amazing golf game. So what has he done up before this? People's, if you don't know Shay Lowry is, and you haven't heard, you know, you don't know about his career perhaps as some other golfers, he has had a, he has had a bit of a lull before 2019. He hadn't, hadn't won since 2015. But he did win, as Neil said, as an amateur at the Irish Open in 2009, beat Robert Rock in a playoff then. And it was in very, very similar conditions to the Sunday at Port Rush. It was, it looked sometimes when I was watching these pictures today, it really felt like I was watching 
just the highlights from 2009 Irish Open when it was just very, very wet and he was wearing black waterproofs and there's lots of fans and going ballistic with umbrellas. Um, but he also had then had some good success, obviously, then as a pro. He won the WGC Bridgestone Invitational in 2015. He won... He came second at the US Open in 2016. Uh, and then this year has won the Abu Dhabi... Uh, HSBC Championship and of course now the Open Championship so how he's never played in a Ryder Cup which is odd isn't it when you look at those performances and perhaps he's hasn't fulfilled his I'm, potential I'm, do you know Tom I'm going to just butt in and say that I when Darren Clark was Ryder Cup captain I think it was the year before Lowry won that WGC I was kind of surprised that people weren't talking about Larry as a possible captain's pick during that process. Now, I, th- I think he was probably just a bit outside. Realistically, it wasn't going to happen. No mm-hmm. one was putting pressure on him, sort of, um, was putting pressure on Clark and, and sort of rallying for Shane Lowry. But he, he, as I say, he has that sort of natural talent. He had been plying his trade on the US tour. Um, yeah, it's a bit of an anomaly that he hasn't ever played in the Ryder Cup. That will surely now be rectified, I would think. And it is, a bit, yeah. All his uh, all his wins and stuff like that seem to come in years which are odd numbers. Obviously, Ryder Cups are even numbers. And for example, this year is an odd number. So um, I'm sure he will now be very much in the uh, the mind of uh, of who is the captain of the Ryder Cup team. Harrington. Do you, think, so do, you think he's, do you think he's got a chance now? Who was celebrating with him on the 18th green? Sorry, yeah. Um, Graham McDowell has spoken about how Lowry is like the steely competitor and wants to win even in like credit card roulette. So that's just perfect for a Ryder Cup, isn't it? Someone. I, ha- I have no doubt that you know we can we can almost ink in Shane Lowry being in the Ryder Cup team for ne- for next year. Well, if he goes and does a Danny Willett, though, he's he lost his game, didn't he? So you can't guarantee it. Well, absolutely, you can't guarantee it, but I still think he'll get a pick, especially as he's Harrington's mate. Um, interesting that you just mentioned Danny Willett there, because I've just looked at the quotes from Danny Willett after uh, the uh, Open Championship just now, and he said he would advise Lowry to go and have a couple of weeks off with his family, not do too much. And Willett was actually saying that if he had his time again, he would change how uh, how he did after winning a major. So um, I think it's been so many nice quotes from lots of different professionals. Um, hopefully Lowry is actually going to get the right advice and not overstretch himself do you know what was striking about one of the things I thought was striking at the end of this was the number of people that were waiting to congratulate Lowry as he walked off the green it was obviously all of his family but then all the Irish players were there the Irish players caddies were there um, the kind of the, the, those people around the edges who obviously have yeah, they like him they've been out sort of by his side throughout his career there was just a lot of well wishes there for Shane Lowry and it was so similar to when he won that Irish Open in 2009 that I mean, in fact I was just a minute ago I was looking at some of the quotes that he gave me when I interviewed him back in 2009 and he said it was amazing I was going through the crowd and I was seeing people that I hadn't seen for a while everyone was high-fiving me all of the locals were amazing. And then the final thing he said was, I just hope I get that experience again, although I expect I might not. And wow. he's definitely... So go full circle. He, he definitely had that experience he's had that, again. He's had that times five. And it was, it, it was <laughs> also great to see someone actually properly celebrate winning a golf major the way that I and most of the people listening to this would celebrate a golf major. That is go quite nuts about it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like it when someone taps in on the final green, they put their arms in the air and they walk off. That doesn't feel like the exclamation point that you're looking no. for. He, well, yeah. He, I mean, he obviously had the, the buffer as well going down 18. And um, he said he had to... He nearly started crying before he'd hit his, his, his approach. And his, his caddy, Bo, who did a fantastic job, I think we'd all agree, all week keeping him in check, said, you still got to hit one more shot. Come on, let, let's let's switch yeah, on here. And, and he said some great stuff about how he couldn't stop thinking about winning, the, lifting the claret jug, winning the claret jug. He said he was on the sixth hole, the seventh hole. He kept say, saying to Bo, "Listen, I keep think I can't help myself. I keep thinking about winning it." And Bo was saying to him, "Listen, you've got to stay with me. You've got to yeah. focus. You've got to stay with me." So he did do a great job. He, um, you know, caddies are in that scenario are really sports psychologists aren't they yeah it's about knowing your player understanding when to intervene understanding when to butt out understanding what to say at any given moment clearly Shane's guy did a brilliant job and I'm sure would be 
it's that sort of intervention that would be highly sought after by a number of other players. Yeah. Again, what you said about Shane being such a great guy, the honesty there where he was telling the media that he could not stop thinking about getting his hands on the claret jug. You wouldn't really hear that from somebody normally. No, exactly, exactly. He's he's very honest, and he just he was just saying what he was thinking, and that's I think that probably works when he was actually saying the truth to his caddy as well, saying I, you know, would actually players actually say that to their caddy usually say exactly what they're thinking? But but Larry had this whole all week. He seemed to have this attitude of that he was going to enjoy it and embrace it when he came off the course on the. Saturday and told the media that was the best day of his life. That was the most amazing round of golf of his life. He, he wasn't trying to kind of shy away from the pressure that was going to come. He wasn't trying to play down what he'd achieved. He was embracing it. Yeah, he was just kind being of, honest, wasn't he? Just telling us it, what he thought and smiling and enjoying it and kind of saying like, "I'm going to go. I'm, I'm here. I'm going to go for it." He didn't look like he was intimidated by the scenario that he found himself in. Having said that. Wow, he looked nervous on the first tee. I well, yeah. <laughs> as you but, would be. I mean, we we've seen that that first hole when we first got here, and I I looked, I love the look of it. But everyone said, oh, you know, it's not that hard a hole because it's not that long and that. But the pressure got to a lot of players on that hole, and the the last few um, tee times, well, did anyone actually hit a fairway? <laughs> it yeah, was, Fleetwood parred it, but I think that was about it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Fleetwood parred it. There's other people were either going out of bounds or, or risking going very close to out of yeah, bounds. Yeah, there were some strange shots, weren't there? I mean, when Ricky hit, the whole crowd just seemed to just go deadly silent. Yeah, like, you know oh. it's heading off in a strange direction yeah. when that happens. Um, JB Holmes didn't even almost get it in bounds. But yeah, going back to that first tee shot, it was a very dodgy one from Lowry, but I think he was just relieved to keep it in bounds. But it, it took him four holes to get into the round, probably, and then from there on, he was just in his stride. But it was in those first four holes where Fleetwood missed three makeable birdie putts, and that's really where he needed to catch him. But from then on in, he had it quite easy, to be fair. Well, I, there was three bogeys in a row, wasn't there, around the turn? Yeah. It was under pressure, but the, but the weather conditions were really, really tricky, and it just felt like Lowry, if he could just stick it out, no one was going to come from behind as it were and catch him up because no one could make any birdies it was just par was a very very good uh, score most holes actually what, what would you have shot on that golf course I today, would Tom? still be out there let's face it <laughs> if my tea time was midday it, it, it was the sort of weather conditions that most amateurs and I'm sure most people listening to this one of those sorts of days where you just would be effectively giving up however what I will say, along, what I will say to you is Neil that last year we played at Old Head in I think worse conditions than that and we got round and we actually had quite a good round of golf it was enjoyable but we weren't trying to particularly score well no, we were just we were just, we were just trying to survive <laughs> it was so difficult today that a guy shot 10 under par for 3 rounds and then went out and shot 16 over par yeah, that's JB Holmes. That was JB Holmes. JB Holmes had what can I describe as a bad day? But he, he beat David Duval's score on day one, I guess. So at least it was. Well, that do you know what? I've, you go and find JB Holmes and you tell him that. And if he doesn't punch you in the face, I'll be surprised. What <laughs> on JB? You beat David Duval the other day, and who started using someone else's different golf ball. But uh, sorry, I said to you earlier. I don't know how much money JB Holmes spent today, but it must have been somewhere in the half a million dollar region well yeah but it's very, it was a very very tough round of golf and I don't actually have an issue with how he played so at least he was quick about it uh, well Brooks thinks differently but anyway what I want to say before that because we've spoken about one Irishman Shane yes. Lowry who did incredibly well there were lots of other Irishmen who had a lot of pressure on themselves this week and they didn't all uh, shower themselves in glory they didn't all do as well as they could do and it showed that the pressure really was on, which means I think it just makes Lowry's performance just that little bit better. When you look at, let's start with Roy McIlroy. So, oh, I had him tipped 10 points to win. Roy McIlroy, 7-1, to one, first tee shot. There goes my money. <laughs> I know, within about 30 seconds of Rory arriving on the first tee, your money had seemed to go It's disintegrated. It's gone. Does but do, do you know, Tommy, what was amazing about Rory's performance this week, and he's just about the only player in the world who was able to do this, he, he, he will have gone up 
in in the estimations of golf fans all around the world. I, I would go farther. Than that. I would go say sport fans actually. Yeah. And someone, uh, one of my friends said this to me. Goes, I think this was his Andy Murray moment. You know when Andy Murray, yeah, after was he not lost to uh, Federer in the yeah. final. He cried to see yeah. Barker, didn't he? <laughs> exactly, exactly <laughs> that. And everyone, because uh, some people had liked him and some people hadn't, because you know he once took Mickey out of the England football team, stuff like that. And then suddenly that happens, and he realised, oh, actually, he's, a, he's actually quite a nice guy. Yeah. And suddenly, from that moment onwards, it really has elevated him in the sporting public, and his game went on to another level as well. Rory has won several majors, been up for BBC Sports Personality of the Year, never won it because, well, I don't know why. Because Rory's a top bloke. I don't know why, what, what, what it is, but... Now, if he wins a major, I think he would also go on to win other accolades and get lots of applause. Yeah, I, I, I think it's impossible to criticise him too much because the reason he he came unstuck here is because he wanted it too much. Yeah, that first hole was clearly all nerves. So if you thought that Lowry looked nervous on the eight on the first hole um, on today Sunday, then Rory must have been in an even worse a state on Thursday yeah. morning and he completely screwed up that opening round because of the nerves because of the pressure because of the expectation he then came out in a typical Rory way and freewheeled it and shot a ridiculously good score yeah. and carried the crowd with him and the atmosphere leaving the golf course on that Friday night was fantastic everyone was just so buzzing because of what they'd seen it was so sad that he wasn't here to carry the crowd with him early on Saturday morning mm. to try and build something of a, a challenge but Rory will go up in the estimation of golf fans because he is honest, totally honest. He he loves the game. He wants he wanted to do this for his country. Yeah, he wanted he wanted to do it for actually that's it that's it. He wanted to do it for everybody. He didn't actually care about himself. I don't think he wanted to do it for Northern Ireland, for the people of Portrush, for the people of Belfast, for the people you know everywhere. His, his friends and family and all this. Actually, I don't think actually. Th- if only we that. had more professional golfers like Rory that's the only sentiment I can really think of at this point about Rory he just he, he proved himself to be a sort of one of a kind yeah yeah I think we knew that already didn't we he was a, he's always been a very special character say in his mind and and all that but I think I've personally I feel privileged to have seen what is going to be a monumental week in his career I think He's hit rock bottom this week, but he's also won the heart. Isn't it weird? He's, he has hit, he's hit rock bottom, but actually hit quite a high at the same time, and missed by missing the cut and you know pouring out his heart on yeah on because, TV. because Tom, there's more to professional sport than just the re- results you get down on the sheet and the amount of money you put in your back pocket. There's actually more to it than that, absolutely, and that's why yeah. Slight slight side point. That's why Rory is so commercially so successful as well. Yeah. People love him. Yeah. And, you know, fair play to him because that was great. On Saturday morning, I felt like I was on holiday with a load of people and my best mate wasn't with me or my girlfriend wasn't with me. There was, <laughs> honestly, there, it was like something was missing. Did you just call Roy McElroy your girlfriend? <laughs> no. <laughs> I think you did. <laughs> um, but it was just a, a fantastic viewing afternoon. It was gripping. It was memorable. And... Yeah, Rory McIlroy had his moment at Portrush. I, I wasn't was, how yeah. he wanted it to I be. mean, R- Rory missed the cup. Dan Clark, again, another person who, who I think was under a lot of pressure. He said he wasn't, he wasn't ready to hit that first tee shot. He, wasn't, he, just, he just suddenly got on the tee. He's like, oh, my God. I, I can't, he was like, why didn't you hit an iron? It's like, there's no way I was trying to hit an iron. I was <laughs> going to use the club, the club, the biggest head possible. Um and he seemed to be going on really nicely. And then I think even playing that final hole, he just suddenly was like, I'm so close to making the cut. All I need is a par, maybe a bogey. Suddenly he, he, he made a tri- makes triple, triple, triple bogey and, and storms off, really. And we've seen him since. So um, that, was, that was a shame. I was really happy for GMAC. Made the cut on the mark. Then played pretty decently on Saturday. And you're saying... That Rory wasn't able there to, to you know to get the crowd going on Saturday morning, but G Mac was there. You know he he played pretty decent actually golf on Saturday morning in reasonably tricky conditions. And just to get here for him was a fantastic yeah. achievement, yeah. and, and it, he spoke at a dinner that I was at on the Tuesday night, and it, it it just wouldn't have been the same had he not been here because of all of the Northern Irishmen, those three Northern. He's the local. He is mm. the local. He Absolutely. grew up, born and bred here. 
played on the valley course here at the uh, is it the uh, Rathmore isn't it yeah is the is the club and he's the one that everyone before the week, week started was saying he will carry the majority of the local support because the McDowell family are from this particular yeah. part so if he hadn't have been playing it his would have face been is on so, the clubhouse yeah. it's massive isn't it, isn't and it? There's a, there was also a house just behind the fifth tee, the, the hole that leads down towards the ocean, just up behind where they had a massive giant poster saying, Go Graham. Yeah. Um, yeah, loads of support. And it was great that he was here. And I was really chuffed he, he, he did make the cut. I know he didn't play, he didn't figure at the, you know, the sharp end. But that's, the that's fine. I mean, like, like, that's it, fine. It, but it didn't matter. No. And in, 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 in his press conference after, really decent, said he didn't play well enough. He's just really, really proud of Port Rush. And of Northern Ireland, and um, it's going to do so much for the for the area. He just knows it. So that I think that we should now talk about the golf course. No, oh, oh we, that we seems should. to bring us on well, nicely. There we go. Great. Um, yes, segue. There we right. go. Okay, so I've been here a few times. Neither of you have. No. no. What were your impressions? Uh, amazing. I can't believe that it ranks as lowly as eighth in our top one hundred. <laughs> I thought. Just, you are absolutely you obsessed with our rankings. No, I'm a as bit of a, low as eight. In our I'm a bit of a golf course aficionado, and I thought, are you self 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 called? Are you? Got to be one of the greatest golf courses in the entire world. Well, like, I think the elevation. I think I think, you're, I think you're right though. Elliot. The elevation. I don't changes, think anyone's saying that it's not. Uh, it's different to a links course because it is so elevated and raised greens, and all those ferns add so much definition. That you just don't get at your standard Lynx course. I, I didn't see much gorse out there, but the ferns, uh, they're just, they're lovely because you see them on like Heathland courses as well, don't you? Uh, the conditioning as well was amazing. I thought the first eight holes were just absolutely phenomenal. The new seventh, that par five, what a golf hole. Like, how is that new? It looks like it's been there forever. Well, it was uh, it was a hole taken from the other course, wasn't it? the other course? Right. But yeah, so they, I know it wasn't exactly like that. They have remodelled it slightly, but the, the course was I was blown away by it. There was some there's some moments like out on the fifth green when you just have the cliffs and those that huge dunes down seven. It's they are absolutely awesome. As I said, I'd love first, I love the first. The first looks just really really good. I think framed between the stands as well. I think they they got the stat they got so much things right here. To, to, uh, so many great viewing points. They didn't get stands in the way so you can always get the views. Also, sorry, the uh, the the other course, the valley course looks sensational as well. I know when we arrived on the Monday, I remember walking to the media center and taking a look and uh, looking at a hole that, as it turned out, was on the valley course. Thinking, <laughs> what a hole that's going to... What, what a hole it? is that? And then realising that's not actually... It wasn't even played. The, um, <laughs> it was a but, car park. But I was talking, also talking to uh, one of the Port Rush members or, uh, earlier in the week who said that everyone was just so focused on the Open coming here. No one really appreciated how good a spectator's course it was going to be. Mm. The spectators didn't have to fight for a view because of the natural undulations. Those enormous sand dunes that you see provided... Mm the kind of backdrop that allowed the spectators to stand a little bit higher than the level of the, the, the playing ground and give everybody a view. And that, that and it shouldn't be underestimated. That really does a big job to help improve the atmosphere of a golf tournament. If everyone has a view of what's going on, if everyone can see the swing and the shot involved, then you're going to get a better atmosphere. And that is 100% what we've got this week. And, and Great yeah, the, the natural, there's, it reminds me of a couple of courses. It reminds me of Turnbury where you can you can get that. You can stand in one place, see lots of different holes and see lots of different shots. And St George's as well is a bit like that as well where it's got big, big Sanders. But not St Andrews. Not St Andrews, that's what I say. Not St Andrews, isn't it? But the, the way that they open to St Andrews is is that they put big grandstands up and they, you, you can still see lots of the golf, but you need to go in the grandstand. Yes. Which obviously isn't quite the same, but it's still good. Absolutely, but this week all the players—I haven't heard one negative comment. <laughs> you couldn't, do, you couldn't really, could you? The, w- the you, wave of uh, positivity about the yeah. golf course was so palpable that if you were the only tour pro to stick your head above the parapet and say something negative about the golf course, even if you were thinking it, they wouldn't have done that. They weren't going to say it. Even the horrendous weather that they had on Wednesday and the horrendous weather they had today—it's just been positive. Like Jordan Spieth has, has come out and said. He said he really hopes it's on the rotor. Well, I'm sure it will. It, it will now, be. I'm sure it will. That, you know, that golf course was there a long time before any of these players were born, and it will be here a long time after any of them have gone yeah. away again. You know, it's a piece of kind of golfing history. Absolutely. And 
quite right that we should be bringing the best championship we have in our in GBNI to it to yeah. celebrate just what an amazing golf course it is. I'm just going to say what Jordan Spieth said actually. Here and Augusta are my f- two favourite events in the entire world, and it never disappoints. And it didn't here; it was awesome. So Jordan Spieth saying that he would much rather play our Open Championship, as it were, than his Open Championship, the US Open or the US PGA. Obviously, he must play Augusta as well. Who doesn't? We had lots. So, like we said, there were no comments about the course. Once again, the RNA got it spot on, and we're not talking about stupid tricked-up holes, tricked-up no, greens. Nothing contrived. Nothing at no, all. But that does happen in other tournaments. The, yeah. Nothing. Yeah, the weather you get in May and June di- dictates the landscape you play on in July, right? Mm. So last year, it's a good contrast to last year because last year we had re- the most, the mother of all summers. We got firm and fast at Carnoustie. It was fantastic. This year, it was kind of wet and fairly warm, and as a result, you got this sort of brutal yeah. hit it offline. You're in the clag yeah. type. The rough uh, roughs actually uh, roughs up your knee up to your knees if not your your shoulders, um, and also do you know the, the two holes I really liked were the fifth and then the seventeenth. So they're both shortish par fours, but depending on which way the wind is blowing, one of them was drivable and the other one wasn't. So each each day you knew there was going to be a drivable for par four, which they could have some fun with, which had its danger. The fifth. Today, as Sergio Garcia found out, Neil, you were with him. I was there. He hit it too far and hit it out of bounds. So, great risk and re- reward uh, holes. Did and that anger Sergio? He, was, he wasn't best pleased. No. Well, you wouldn't be best pleased <laughs> either. <laughs> what are you, what's so the you going for? Here? <laughs> well, no, it wasn't. He was actually over the moon. He's he goes, I'm really glad I put it in that ditch. He's hit an incredible drive, 390 yards or whatever, onto the beach. Out of bounds. I felt so sorry for him. I did have money on, it, on him as well. Yeah. But you, haven't know, you, haven't that mentioned, you haven't mentioned agonizing. that all week. Uh, um, so, yeah, I mean, Port Rush, we've mentioned the course. I thought the whole setup. They, you know, they've had to do a lot of work to it to make it work. I've got a bit fed and fed up with the pedestrian bridges. I'll be honest with you, across <laughs> yeah, the road. Ditto. But other than that, it's been fantastic. We've had, a, we've been really lucky. We're in a house right in the middle of uh, Portrush Harbour, very close to the Harbour Bar, which has been raucous every night, which we've been in a couple of times. And um, I reckon Tuesday night. Genuinely think there were a thousand people, <laughs> and it's just an, a normal sized pub, really, isn't it? It's not. It's not like this enormous. It's um, got some. It's got some levels to yeah, it. It's got some levels to it, and it, it, but it's not. It's maybe more. It's not that big. When you first walk in. Yeah. yeah, there were people everywhere. It yeah. was like New Year's Eve on a Tuesday of an open. Yeah, and the, and it was great, and the, the whole town really been impressed with the whole town. I embraced the whole thing. Yeah. Often, well, not often. Occasionally, sometimes you get at an open championship a feeling that it's sort of apologetically taking place in the background over there. If you're a golf lover, you'll know the Open's on. If you're not a golf lover, then you'll probably be able to go about your day-to-day business without being affected. Port Rush embraced the whole thing. Yeah. It's like if you were in Port Rush today or any other day this week, you were a part of the Open yeah. Championship. And the atmosphere that it created as a result of that was absolutely they've, they've, super. They've, they've had live music. They've had fireworks. I mean, every pub has made its... Yearly, yearly profits this week. I tell you that for nothing. I've barely seen a person not wearing either golf shoes, a golf cap, golf apparel. Yeah, every single person they, in this town. They this put week. events on. They put like a golf history it. thing on. It's it's been really really good. It's almost been like a festival, hasn't it? All yeah. week. Yeah, yeah, it has indeed. And uh, <laughs> the amount of sleep I've had would suggest it's been like a festival. <laughs> yeah. Not sure what day of the week it is, but um, Port Rush fan- fantastic and. It really sounds like it's going to be on the rotor from now on. And, um, well, I, think, and, and well they, they, I think if the RNA are going to invest the sort of money that they've invested to get it, or, you know, you don't do these things lightly, no. like re- rebuilding holes, building the different things that they've needed to build, like the tunnels that have taken the players from certain holes, from greens to tees. I don't know if you people watching it on TV would have noticed, but there's a few couple of places on the golf course where they've built tunnels to take the players from greens to tees so the crowd can move about without having to be restricted. Stuff like that, they don't do that lightly. If you're going to do it, you do it as an investment. So hopefully 
then there's no official announcement on this yeah. one. But hopefully it means that Portrush will be here to stay because the evidence would suggest it's it's an absolute winner. And, and also there are potential for maybe other tournaments are coming to Ireland as well. There's lots and lots of rumours about the PGA Tour looking over here, the European Tour looking at trying to get more stuff over here as well. So um, really, really exciting stuff for Ireland. So um, really looking forward to it. Now I'm going to move on because I want to talk about a few other things. One thing that we need to talk about is Mr. Woods, first name Tiger. Now, he walked around like me after 39 pints of Guinness. <laughs> like a zombie almost. Like a zombie. So we heard rumours starting the week that he wasn't sleeping well, that he was taking medication, had a dodgy back or whatever, which we knew already. But this was the extreme, wasn't it? I was in his press conference on Tuesday and I expected all the questions to be health-related, but they weren't really. But... He seemed so pessimistic on his game, and when he went and shot six or seven over in the first round, you you just weren't surprised, were you? It was quite sad to see, but then again, he's an old guy. He says he wants to play less so he can play. He's not, he's he's not, not that old. You, I understand your audience. Most people listening to this will be older than him. His, don't, don't call them old. He's got an, an old body. <laughs> don't call them old. <laughs> he won the he won the no, masters. What he's done to his body? He's three months strain ago. on it, and he wants to prolong his playing career by not playing very much. So I don't think we're going to see him for a while now. But uh, well, what year he's had? I mean, the Masters was just phenomenal. Said, though, it's no doubt that he really... I think he struggled with the way that the schedule's gone this year where he hasn't had the chance to take some time off after the Masters, which he said he always used to do, take three or four mu- weeks off after the Masters, and then he could think about the US Open. Because of USPJ being in there, he hasn't had that chance, and I think it has had taken its toll on it. And last year he said he'd played too many events, and even though he had a great finish, uh, this year I think he's just got to think about where he's going to play. But he has had a month off since the US Open, so it's quite worrying that he still couldn't get his body in shape. Yeah, no, but when you say month off, has he actually had a whole month off playing golf? I doubt that. Well, he hasn't played in a competition environment, no. has he? But um, but he he said I thought his his press conference at the end where he said, you know, I just love playing these major events. If he was in that much pain, he wouldn't have played, I don't think. Um, and it looked like he warmed up on about the 16th tee of his second round, which obviously was too late by that, that point. So he's going to try and play, I think, uh, in a few weeks' time, and then he's got the FedEx Cup playoffs, which aren't that far away. I think that's what you're referring to. He's skipping the WGC next week. Yeah. And then it's the playoffs after that. Yeah, which is obviously part of, because obviously he's won the Masters. Um, yeah, I, for, I would just add that I just hope he's able to get himself to a position where he, the tiger that you see at a tournament is the tiger that you recognise because the tiger we saw this week was not. He, 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 was, he, he was looking exhausted. He looked shattered. Almost. I mean, it was just a. He was a sort of shadow of himself. Really, it wasn't the yeah. normal Tiger Woods. This was something else. It was kind of you. You, you knew right from the word go that he was going to struggle this yeah. week. Just and even by just watching him walking down the fairways, it's yeah. like he was slow. He was a bit treading a bit he was, gingerly. Yeah, he was just so rigid. He's he just so so upright, wasn't he? So um, he wanted to obviously play. He loves Ireland. He loves coming over here. He went fly fishing. Who did he just come fly fishing in Ireland with? Painstone, Mira, and Painstone. Yeah. So he loves this part of the world, and he wanted to get involved with it, which is great. And that, as long as he's always thinking like that, then that's positive, isn't it? But I do think he needs some time off. Go and have a holiday, Tiger. Well, he's just had a holiday to Thailand with you need to, we just, When experience. I say you have a holiday, just sleep. Sleep for a couple of weeks. <laughs> you know, watch some TV, stay in bed. <laughs> a bit like you, Elliot, most days, you know. So, you know, you can just hang around. So, silence. Um, get a good box set. Get, but Yes, do you know, that is a great idea. Tiger, watch... Uh, Chernobyl that was a great box set no, he Game of Thrones in a day exactly Game of Thrones do you reckon he's watched Game Blinders. of Thrones yeah he needs like a seven si- Sopranos Sopranos from the start yeah that'll take him a long time <laughs> have, really have a binge or um, Tiger I'd recommend all of the Harry Potters as well that, that really a couple really, of days. really yeah. it? wow okay I don't uh, know whether Tiger would be into Harry Potter <laughs> no <laughs> who, who isn't into Harry Potter I, that's a question that is a question indeed um, so one thing I was going to say European wins a major stops the uh, 
the run of American winners, including Brooks Koepka. Koepka gave a good shout, though, this, this week, didn't he? Yeah, but he putted like me, didn't he? He said he struck the ball <laughs> better than anyone in the field, which he, he probably did. Maybe Shane Lowry would have an argument with that. But he did not hold a single putt on Saturday and Sunday. So he could have easily been eight shots better if he had... Uh, holds and putts. But yeah, finished fourth. So this year he finished first, second, second, fourth in the majors. He'll be disappointed with that as well. Yeah. yeah. He finished second, first. I was going down. Uh, okay. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. yeah. He, he, he won one, he finished second in two, and he finished fourth in I another. I hate to be a pedant. But well, you, but you were. I was in his press conference on Wednesday and. Did you some, ask a question? <laughs> no, but somebody else did. And he <laughs> described his major performance this year as disappointing because he. He has, yeah, he has very, very high standards, which is which is great. So, Kupka, great year. Still got a lot of you know big tournaments coming up for him. Hopefully, he might come over to Europe as well. Would love to see him at Wentworth, wouldn't we? Yeah, I think he's probably going to play the Dunhill. But he is, aside from Rory and Tiger, the biggest name in golf. He is now turning into one of the best interviews in golf. As soon as we saw Kepka was in the interview room at whatever time it was. All the journalists flooded in there, which perhaps they wouldn't have done. Last I think week. I didn't. I think I was having a, a breakfast or something. Probably. Yeah, Cup probably. Coffee. <laughs> I've seen <laughs> you eat a lot this week. Yeah, so he's one of the stories. Other people I think we need to mention. Um, Tommy, we've mentioned a bit. Tommy. And we haven't really. Well, we've. It was a strange round because t- Tommy is always the crowd favourite for ro- good reason because he has a genuine smile on his face when he plays golf and he has that sort of relatable um, persona that Shane Lowry has. So it was odd to see him in the final group where clearly people they weren't rooting against him, but they were clearly rooting for his opponent. It was a strange dynamic, and yeah. he played pretty well all week, but today his. Putter let him down at the start, and then during the worst of the weather, when I thought I would have thought to myself that his ball striking would come to the fore, it didn't quite. No, there was a few moments where, well, Lowry bogeyed, and then Tommy also bogeyed. It was just like, oh, there's the chance. And I think Lowry said in his press conference when he missed the putt on three, maybe or four. When was it? Or second? Uh, Larry, the first. Yeah, they, when Larry had a short part in the first, he said it was a big moment. Because then he hold his part after him. Yeah, the there were lots of these moments where he goes, if I miss this and, and Fleetwood holds his, then it, well, we're, in, we're in a bit of danger here. He could have got it to two shots at one point. So um, um, it's a bit blurry at this point. But he was, he was a distant second, really. I mean, I know that Tommy, yeah. talking um, on Sky after the round, looked a little tearful. You know, he was... It was a two-horse race for a lot of it the afternoon, mm. but he really was the junior partner in that all the way through. Yeah, and he, he never really put any pressure on Larry, did no, he? No, he wasn't good enough today. He he's had a fantastic week. I think that's a little harsh to say that, as, as much as that. Oh, he's played phenomenal all week. He had two bogeys for the first three rounds, so clearly he had control of his ball. And yeah, he lost control of it. Like Neil said, he he really struggled with the putter on the first three holes where he really could have made inroads. And then it just fell apart a little bit, didn't it? But he still I mean, shot, he shot three. I mean, he shot three over, which actually, I mean, if you look at some of the other scores, some people was perfectly, was about the same as everybody else would It's do. fine, but it's yeah. not open. I mean, no, 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 he's not going to win that. Absolutely. He needed to, he needed to shoot a level par and hope that Lowry came back to him, which in the end didn't happen, obviously. But again, showed amazing class, great He's just a wonderful player, isn't he? Fan favourite, brilliant personality, and again, that's why we love him. Just like Shane Lowry, two of the the good guys, so to speak. Yeah, and fingers crossed. He, yeah, I just hope he gets. If he does get a major, he gets it soon because otherwise, it's going to start. Well, being do, a do you know though, Tom? If you're going to win a major, you need to put yourself in that position. You need yeah. to experience yeah. what it's like to be uncom- totally uncomfortable on the golf mm. course. And don't forget, Shane Lowry had been there. Yeah. You know, there's always my criticism of Luke Donald when he was world, he was world number one. Can you ever remember a time that Luke Donald was close to winning a major? Personally, I couldn't. And there's a lot, an awful lot to admire about Luke Donald. Great, you know, iron player, great ball striker, amazing putter, never missed from within five feet, whatever it was, blah, blah, blah. Amazing player. Yet for some reason... He never really contended 
in any of the majors in the kind of last five holes you're in with a real chance of winning well Lowry went into the final round at Oakmont in 2016 US Open with the lead with a four shot lead which means that he's not uncomfortable well he was obviously uncomfortable at the end of the day but he was not scared of putting himself in that position so he put himself back in that position today and understood what it took to get over the line Tommy's developing that exact um, experience now and that will serve him in good stead because there are a lot of other top top in inverted commas uh, Europeans who don't have that experience yeah that's a very good point also he hasn't won in over 18 months or so he hasn't had the best season so yeah but, but the season is still very, well only it's only July then there's a lot of golf still to go I know the majors are now gone but if this could be a big push for for the end of the race to Dubai and other big big tournaments which are only going to put him again in good in a good position one person though that you did mention there who you talk about people who have put themselves in position to win time and time again and haven't done it Lee Westwood Lee Westwood finishes fourth which is quite significant because it means he gets an invite to the US Masters next year which he didn't play in this year um Westwood, I thought it was going to be his week for uh, at some points throughout the, throughout the four days, um, but today the frailties of his putting came to the fore again. And is this his last chance? Is he ever going to get another chance as good as this? How, how old is Westwood? Forty six. How old was Clark when he won? Forty two. But he started. <laughs> Elliot, Elliot, Elliot swallowed the internet at the start of this week and continues to do so. Um, <laughs> But I tipped him before the week. Tappers, you said that he hasn't got four good rounds in him, and you were proved right. That was a private conversation. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I do, I do. Nothing's think that. private. But on he, that. Start, he started off so well on Saturday. He was right up there with Tommy Fleetwood and Shane Lowry, and then Lowry and Fleetwood roared off. And yeah, he didn't quite have it in him. I mean, he missed a two-footer on the first today, which just set the tone, didn't it? My, my eye. Uh, and I appreciate I'm not a professional golfer, but from my you are certainly not, not a professional, professional golfer. golfer. However, he seems to have a very two-paced putting stroke, very slow, deliberate on the way back, and then very kind of almost trying to do it all with the follow-through on the way through. And this afternoon, so Sunday afternoon, it seemed to become quite exaggerated, and it's the same old frailty, isn't it? I mean, it's it's quite. <sighs> He's an incredibly successful golfer, so it's not sad. But it, you know, he is clearly capable, and he's clearly been capable enough to have won one of these. He said he doesn't care, though, and I don't think he does care. He's happy. He's really rich. He he's doesn't had care. A great about, career. He doesn't care about what uh, he said. He, he he's not like bothered about the major and like you know messing it up and all that, which he ended up doing. He didn't do it. He didn't mess it up. Yeah, he did. No, he didn't. No. He finished he nine shots in, back. And in he, shocking weather conditions and didn't quite have the game to contend, to, to, to be there at the end. But I wouldn't say he made a mess of it. No, I, I wouldn't say he made a mess of it at all. He was a, a big outsider sh- shot, really, for this week. Um, and he, I, think he, I think he looked back and say, do you know what, Lee? At the start of this week, I'm going to give you a fourth, and that means that you're going to be in the Masters for next year next year absolutely rip your hand off yeah exactly he's over the moon with that yeah he's not absolutely gutted that he so didn't he, win a major he's he's just happy he's had a very good week yeah but he also he real, he realised he finishes nine shots back you know he, he actually thinks that he's, his game's not in that position where he's, he's going to be able to contend with someone who's playing at the top of their game he's that's probably quite a good place to be because you're actually going to have a better chance to actually um, be in the positions again so um, yeah, it was positive, and a lot of a lot of people obviously do still bet on Lee Westwood every now and then. So um, I tipped him after the first round. Did any of you have any money on anybody that won? Uh, no. So why well, my money? Was I tipped two people, um, a couple of people at the yeah, uh, end of the first round. One of them was called Shane Lowry, and one of them was called Lee Westwood. Do so you had money on Lowry? Did you? Yeah, 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 good. yeah. No one else. No, no. Uh, Neil did have money on Eric Van Royen, and he how did it? How did Eric Van, on how did Eric Van Royen do in the end? <laughs> Just looking through the leaderboard here, twentieth. Did you have top twenty? No, no. Well, I mean, I can hardly talk because I. He was a good. He was a good. 
each way shout. He did you so proud. He, didn't, he gave me a bit of a rough. He wasn't money. that. The other one I had was JB Holmes. So did I'm you? Absolutely not. I wouldn't have said <laughs> that. Delighted to see him fall off a cliff on Sunday. I didn't realise that. You do have. A- you do. You are very good at picking players who do very well until the fourth round. I know Kevin Chapel last year. For those anyone out there who bet on Kevin Chapel, you remember this because they've shown it in the media centre this moment about a hundred times. He's in. He was going to finish as a placed finisher at Carnoustie until he hit his ball into a bush on the seventeenth. Yeah. They just kept replaying that over and over <laughs> again. I just had my head in my hands. Oh, tappers, tappers, look at the screen. <laughs> Straight into a bush. But uh, no, fantastic week. So. What is the future of what's what are we looking forward to now? The open is done. Uh, well, good question. What are we? There is no future. Is there, there is. There, I, 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 I think unless there's a tsunami appearing and Portrush Beach. It's possible. The weather is. Has been <laughs> I'm looking forward to. Elliot, you just put your finger up there like you in in, in a classroom. Well, um, listeners, Tappers and I are sharing a microphone, so. That's why we've got this format going. But I'm really looking forward to Rory McIlroy returning now that he is not weighed down by negativity. I wrote a piece on Saturday that he's constantly criticised for his scheduling, his golf game, his putting, his desire to play for whoever in the Olympics. Now I think he, he is loved. I think he's always wanted to be loved. He's never wanted to be a celebrity or anything. And... We can just support him for what he is. He's a great guy. He's a great golfer. And hopefully, without that weight of negativity over him, he can have a good end of the year. And perhaps even reach the world number one position again and go into Augusta next year with... That's with a lot, this is, this is a lot of stuff going on now. But, yeah, absolutely. Let's hope that positive, positivity for Rory. Augusta. Do you know how many days Augusta is? 252. <laughs> <laughs> is that right? I think it might be. Right. I think I thought it was two hundred twenty-six, but it's a lot when you look at think about it. That it's 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 months and months and months away. I'm looking forward. to It's the nine months PGA away. PGA the next mate, the next major is nine months away. So we've got to fill fill the void. So the BMW uh, is going to be in September. That could be fun. Lots of big names. Sorry, there were a, a few quotes this week from professional golfers in their interviews that the schedule this year has not been very good. Yeah. But whether, what are your thoughts on that? It's, well, it's, it's gone now in four months. Well, next, what, what I'll say on that is that next year we have the Olympic Games and we have the Ryder Cup. So, it's gonna, it's, so you, think that, that you think that this year has been uh, sandwiched together. Well, r- the Olympics is going to be in August and the Ryder Cup will be at the end of September. So there was loads and loads and loads going on. This year is late, maybe a little bit different because it's a, an odd-numbered year. But... Um, I d- yeah, I don't uh, think they're going to change it. They're I think, though, the point about the four majors in four months thing, but from a personal perspective, I would rather they were spaced out a little bit more because it just didn't feel like we were seeing enough of the top players between majors. It didn't feel like there was any... It was like... It was Augusta and then USP. It just didn't feel like there was any storylines until one major or another or another, another. And you'd like to see the ebb and flow of the season these crescendos of these majors yeah. whereas it feels like you've just got one chunk you, I think we'll, 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 see, we'll start seeing a lot of players playing the week before a major maybe more than we have before because they want to maybe have a little rest and then try and get into some kind of tournament um, fitness before but, but yeah since March a lot of a lot of the top players have only played six times seven times yeah well, let's talk about. Well, Justin Rose hasn't played enough this season. Lost his world number one ranking. Has now played very poorly in the final round of two majors in a row because uh, I don't think he's sharp enough. Um, maybe he'll have a, a good end to the season um, because his game looked to be getting a bit better this uh, this year. It was, he was one player to criticise the schedule. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, uh, uh, Tommy Fleetwood said it as well, and did Tiger Woods say something? Did you say? Yeah, t- I mean, Tiger said he. Tiger said he used to enjoy having good three weeks off after the Masters, and now he just can't do that because there's another major. But yeah, great point about the Olympics and the Ryder Cup. I forgot about that. Next year's just it's going to be busy. Gonna be we're not going to we're not going to have time to sleep or anything. Do you, do you know what I'm looking forward to? Getting my life back on track after the Open. <laughs> I've had too many pints of Guinness, too much of the crack, as they say, <laughs> in these parts. 
It's time for real life to. Um, I know real life. To, uh, real re- life is going to hit hard. <laughs> hit home very hard tomorrow. Um, yeah, I'm not the, sure my children are going to be too sympathetic of my plight no. either. So um, next next year, we have, for, just to look ahead for the Open, Royal St George's back down south. Are we looking forward to it? Well. I'm not the person to ask about that, so sorry, Tappers, for taking your spot. But you are from that part of the world. You've been to you? St George's many times. Uh, what is it going to hold for us? Well, it's uh, it's going to be. It'll be a great Open Championship. It's a great ball strikers golf course. It's a real sort of those who love golf understand golf course design. I think understand how good. Royal St George's is for those who are there for the aesthetics it doesn't have that anywhere near the same aesthetic attraction that Port Rush does right now it's hard to think beyond Port Rush because the atmosphere this week has been so good yeah is, um, uh, hopefully who, who what nationality of the golfer was um, that won the last time was at St George's yeah it was Northern Irish it's Northern Irishman Mr Clark so um Maybe we could have another Irishman there again. Lowry to um, last time an Irishman won an Open for the first time, he then went and defended it the year after as well. So, sorry on this subject, um, the RNA have, as you said, taps uh, done something new this week. Well, not new because they did it sixty-eight years ago, but you know, new in the modern terms. Would you like to see more new venues added to the road? Because I think this was incredible this week. And we've got so many amazing championship golf courses in the Republic of Ireland as well. Like, what do you think? Well, we've discussed this a bit this week. So, uh, okay, let's pose the question. If you were on the RNA's championship committee and you were in charge of the venues, those those rotor venues, would you put a new venue on the rotor? If so, where would it be? That was the question we were posing to each other and I said that I would like to see Royal Porth Call on the Open Rotor. It would be the first golf course in Wales to host the Open. It's a short hit from Bristol and Bath and Cardiff and Birmingham and London, only two hours away from, and it's a fantastic golf course with beautiful views. It's quite close to Ireland. And if you do something like that with so much... When you see what's happened this week with the excitement the whole town and the people of Ireland have had by having this event here, then maybe opening the doors and giving it to somebody somewhere else and saying, what are you going to do with this great championship? How are you going to stamp your character on this championship? I think that Royal Porth Call could be a venue that would excite people in a very similar way to Portrush. Completely agree. They've built tunnels for Port Rush. They've built new holes. They've invested in it. And that's what I think they could do with Wales. I know people say, oh, but we don't have the infrastructure. But it's like, you've got seven or eight years until this would happen. Go make it happen. Go find car parks. Go find infrastructure. Go build new things. I, I think this, this is the thing. Yeah, I think to get the Open coming here has needed a few things. Obviously, Northern Ireland have suddenly got this amazing amount of golfers which have done well and won majors. Wales don't have that. They've also had some great help from some of the secretaries here and you know some of the politicians even. So whether Wales are in that same position, I don't know at the moment. Port Fogal is a great place and uh, we've been there and we play some really good golf. I play very bad golf there, but um, <laughs> the bar was nice. Um I don't at the moment. I don't see them changing it. No, I, neither that, do I. Mean, I. That, that, they obviously said that in the press conference as you well. Know, no, neither do I. And but. also, I'd like. So my first open was two thousand nine at Turnbury, and Turnbury has just had some great changes to it, and it hasn't been given another date yet. Now that was obviously maybe down to, political may, elements. Maybe down maybe. to uh, who Turnbury owns it. Turnbury will host in twenty twenty three. No, uh, what? Yeah, it's going back to Scotland in twenty twenty three. The RNA have repeatedly said that it's still on the rotor. You don't, I know, but Elliot, but Elliot, you've just... But that's, that's not confirmed, though, at all. I, no, I would be surprised. Yeah. But it has to. Well, I'm not well, well, I would well, be surprised well, if it did, but I would, you know... <laughs> you know, I think... can't take it back to There are pol- so certain political issues that I think the RNA want to avoid getting embroiled in. 
Yeah, um, I think at the moment we don't know what's going on with, with, with Turnbury at the moment. And but I'd, I love to go to Turnbury, and I would love to go back and see the changes. Which oh, are, ditto. Turnbury is immense, and it would look fantastic yeah. again on TV, a bit like this week. I mean, that is a, a it's a course which struggles with infrastructure because it's not really near a town of any sort. No, air is near. Yeah, air is a good half an hour away. So it ranks number one in our. Top 100 UK Fact. and Ireland list as well. Thank you, Elliot. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's an incredible but place. All I say is that these things don't happen quickly. It takes time. And if people are starting to, as a result of this week, starting to talk about other places that potentially could find themselves on the open road, so then maybe one day it might happen. Who knows? Yeah. Oh, Because clearly the current crop of people who are in charge of the RNA are looking at the future of the game in a way that's slightly different. They're looking at making... All sorts of changes to the fabric of game, but to the to their showpiece event, they are looking to, yeah, Im, you know, improve the experience, improve the offering, and and, and look at this place. This has been so. This successful. has been the success has been. Look, they've decided to go somewhere new, and people have loved it. They've sold out. They've made so much money from the ticket sales, and my goodness, the shop that would that was very expensive. Had to remortgage twice. Um, I spent twenty-two pounds on a cup, plastic, a plastic cup, cup well, which I got rinsed for a week. But Tom, can I just ask you a question? Yes, uh, you can. Neil, you can answer it as well. Um, what do you think about the comments from Bob McIntyre on Kyle Stanley for not shouting four? That was quite a big story this week, wasn't it? <laughs> you've uh, you've you've decided to, to to put this in here, have you? Um, uh, well, I, I didn't see the incident. But if I well, I do you know I hit a lot of wayward shots on the golf course, and whenever I hit a wayward shot, I do shout for because I don't. Do. Yeah, it should be ingrained in every. So time. I don't understand why pros don't shout for, um, and it's pretty simple to do, to be honest with you. Uh, so I know I don't know what happened. It, obviously, some very bad beef because it actually hit his caddy's mother as well. So. Yeah. Um, Something's happened there, and it should—you know—it shouldn't happen. And no wonder we always get loads and loads of emails of people going, "Why don't pros shout for?" We know why they don't shout for because the crowds act as a unnatural slash natural barrier. So instead of the ball going into the bushes behind them, it hits the crowd and it sometimes knocks onto the fairway. That's why. Don't. That's why, isn't it? So you think that players? Are willing their ball to hit people? No, I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying that's what happens, if you see, especially if you see it on the PGA Tour. But yeah, like you said, a lot of people comment on it. We've had so many comments slating Carl Stanley for not shouting for this week. And yeah, but I think everyone, lots of people praising but everyone, McIntyre. For yeah, everyone out. agrees with that, though, isn't it? McIntyre, young Scott, playing in his first Open, first yeah. major, first major. Yeah, and he finished sixth. He finished sixth for the end. He's had a hell of a week. And he's made some comments. He's probably made some fans as well. But, but you know, by sticking sticking up for himself against uh, you know a, a, a pro who just played on on the PJ Tour for many years. So fair play to him. Yeah, I mean, it probably wouldn't have made any difference. I think that was. <laughs> but you hit the ball in the crowd. You shout for. Yeah. It's kind of. I mean, it's fairly simple, isn't it? There's no. Yeah. There is a lot of. Sh- I mean, there is a lot of shouting. Going on from yeah, the, uh, crowd, the, the crowd, the marshals, the, players, marshals, the, caddies, the players, So again, I said I don't know if it would have made. So you know roughly what direction yeah. well, you know what direction the ball's going in. Um, however, I mean some of the shots yeah. I hit, you don't have enough time to move. <laughs> you were just you you know don't it's stand in front. You. Don't stand in front of me. When you go out there, you realise just how good these professionals are, because average golfers like us would. Would kill a lot of people whilst we play, wouldn't we? Wiping people out their front centre, yeah. So the cameramen get very close and um, fair play to them. But um, no, it's been a an awesome week. It's been loads and loads of different stories and stuff like that. Do check out the Golf Monthly website and the Golf Monthly social media channels at Golf Monthly on Twitter and Instagram and also the Golf Monthly magazine on Facebook because we've got loads and loads and loads of great stories which hopefully... Uh, you'll be interested in. Uh, what was your favourite meal of the week as well? Now, this is the kind of question that, uh, that we need answering. Uh, my favourite meal... Tonight's meal wouldn't be a bad one. If we yeah. don't mind wrapping this up soon, exactly. I'm quite hungry. At the moment, I've had a bag of crisps. And, um, 
<laughs> bag of crisps and a lager. Um, <laughs> well, so, uh, I th- well, I had quite a nice steak last night. That was nice. Uh, obviously, I did do the food challenge. If um, yeah, if you want to see me eating lots of food, which the fish and chips came out on top for change. Very uh, good chicken burgers in the town of Portrush. That oh, that is a good point. There was a few of that they were quite large though. But they were huge for four pounds as well. <laughs> Bargain. We We've eaten really healthily this exactly. week. <laughs> exactly. So, um, yeah. So we've had we've had a really good week. Thanks for listening. Um, we'll be back in the near future with more podcasts. We haven't done a quiz, as you may have noticed. We'll come back with a quiz. So, um, Sam, get writing. And um, thanks for listening. Elliot, I've had enough of looking at your face for the whole of the week, and I'm looking forward to having a day off of it without looking at it but thanks for being on the podcast that was beautifully put Tom exactly uh, ditto straight back to you well no no doubt and Neil great that you've decided to stop your six month hiatus I look forward to speaking to you again in February or whatever yeah. it is <laughs> not before exactly <laughs> guys thanks for listening we'll speak to you again soon bye bye <laughs>